you are being held. You are being breadcrumbed right to the next great thing. You're always getting set up. It's always glitter on the path, even when it looks like a box of rocks. It's glitter on the path. Hey guys, it's Kathy Heller. Welcome back to the Kathy Heller Podcast. I am right now sitting outside in my backyard recording this and I'm looking out over this beautiful hillside and I'm just really practicing being fully present so that I can enjoy this. It is amazing. We moved into our new house three weeks ago and the journey here was a whole matrix where I had to come up against my resistance and the shadows. And then even in moving in, there was this way in which I had to overcome my old story about who I really think I am and what's real and what's not and what capacity I really have to receive and the worthiness and learning what self-love really means. And It's amazing how on one level we can be so brilliant at manifesting because we're offering a matching vibe to what it is we want to create. And then there's another way in which as we design this life, we can sabotage our minds so that we don't feel worthy to fully receive that which we're creating. And I want to talk more about what I've experienced in the last three weeks, in the last three months, because I think that it's important for you to see the underside of what you see on the outside. And in all of that, I am just reveling in how beautiful it is to have this incredible, expansive home. Actually, I'll be hosting our next retreat in November here at this home. If you want to get the details, you can go to kathyheller.com slash Lux. Those of you who are alumni, you should be a part of the quilt membership because by being in the quilts, you actually get all future programs and retreats for half off. The quilt membership community is rolling out. Our kickoff call is September 6th, but when you join by Wednesday, you get the initiation fee waived and you also get swag if you're an alumni. And I'm so excited to have this ongoing sacred community, a collective of women. There will be meditation. There will be collaborations. There will be such deep dive support and real AF types of conversation. And we will be manifesting. And once a month, I'll be coaching you in addition to the weekly calls where we will be gathering as a community to have real conversations about what are the real things we're struggling and battling silently and also to fully celebrate each other because that kind of sisterhood is essential in our stepping into our full potential. If you want to join the quilt, you can go to kathyheller.com slash quilt. And for alumni who join the quilt, you get all future programs 
and retreats for half off. For anybody who is not alumni, you should still be looking into the quilt because it's a phenomenal opportunity to meditate with me, have coaching with me, but also to be a part of a network of women who's connected by a common thread, which is to do good and be good and seeking that real higher elevated conscious vibration. And there'll be amazing ways that we can support each other. You'll earn stitches for doing Instagram lives together, going on each other's podcasts, giving each other shout outs on your Instagram, all the different ways you can support and refer each other business and to brainstorm together that you'll be earning stitches for that. And when you earn a certain amount of stitches, you'll get a patch. And when you get that patch, you can exchange it for all kinds of goodies, like a Marc Jacobs bag or lunch with me at the Hotel Bel Air. We're going to have a lot of fun with this. So you can join the quilt at kathyheller.com slash quilts. And anyone who wants to just straight up come join me at my next retreat, you can go to kathyheller.com slash lux to find the information about that. Well, I'm thrilled because Sherry Salata is back. She is a dear friend. She's also a world-class producer. She's a transformation doula. She's an author and a speaker. She's been on the show a few times and she shared before the epic story of how she went from being a manager at a 7-Eleven to the executive producer of the Oprah Winfrey Show and the co-president of Harpo Studios and OWN. It's truly so inspiring. I would definitely go back and listen to those other episodes if you haven't heard them. But now, Sherry has been leading retreats and teaching programs to help women find purpose and happiness and to create abundance and limitless lives. It's always a delight to be with her, and we had such a good conversation about what she's been dancing with and the new chapter that she's in. As always, she drops so many gems of wisdom, so you probably want to write down a few of these nuggets. I know you'll be so fueled by this conversation, so without further ado, please welcome the beautiful Sherry Salata. It's so good to see you, and it's so good to see you in your new space. Hi, beloved. How are you, Kath? Hi, everybody. What a privilege to chat with you about all things abundance and expansion and and all the things. It's really the only conversation I ever want to have, Kath. I know, and you're really good at having it. And I love the greenery that's behind you through that window. And I love that you found yourself to a new part of your own Alice in the Looking Glass journey. And um, I want to hear about that and what's coming online for you. There's so much to talk about, I feel like. I said to Sherry... And those of you who know, talked about it before, Sherry has had an incredible journey, career, purpose-driven path. And I said to her, on your road where you sat in the living room with the greatest of the greats of our generation, who taught you the most? And you could change your answer any time, but I, I know that at least one of the times I asked you, you said, um, Abraham Hicks. And I said, gosh, you know, a lot of people talk about her, but you saying that? When you've literally handpicked, cherry-picked the most incredible articulate voices, it meant so much. I took that in, and and I think that's why you are such a master liver, seer, seeker, experiencer, manifester, because you kind of find your way to what really, really actually works for you to like get the most out of this incredible thing called life. Tell us a little bit about your spiritual path and what grounds you into like where you get coherent where you turn on all the christmas lights like what is your personal path to your spiritual expansion 
Well, my friend, it's been a while since we've caught up, but I will tell you right now, this day, this very day, I've never been happier, more on purpose, more fulfilled ever in my entire life than I am right now. And I I would have said that to you last month, and I would have said that to you a year ago, and I would have said that to you two years ago. Before that, I don't know that I would have said that. So my answer had been Abraham Hicks. And what you're saying is I've seen all the greats in action and produced a lot of them. The reason why I choose Abraham Hicks, Abraham Hicks, if you're sitting in the seat, you've heard of Abraham Hicks. It just is my spiritual path. It is Esther Hicks is the channeler for infinite consciousness, uh, the collective called Abraham. I've probably been studying them for 18 or 19 years. They truly inform my spiritual path. So here's what I will say. Deepak Chopra, yummy, delicious. I love him. Lots of people. I love and admire and think that they're a little further on the path than me, but they're still human. And I've gotten to see that backstage in all its glory. Yeah. So, so I feel like with Abraham, I'm just cutting to the chase. I'm cutting to the chase. And there have been times in my life where I needed to learn through the experiences of another human. There are times when I really just want to get to non-physical and I want, I want to cut to the chase. So that continues to be true for me. So I would say, Abraham, nothing to join, no money to spend other than, you know, if you want to grab Ask and It Is Given, which is the greatest book in the world. I've probably been to live workshops 20 times. I went on an Alaskan cruise once. I'm not really a cruise girl, but, you know, <laughs> like three or four hours of Abraham a day. Uh. Uh, and... Yeah, I would say that continues to inform things for me. But springing off from that, the message is simple. Here's what it is. The secret to happiness, three words, manage your mood. Manage your mood. Like, no, no, it's got to be on an ancient scroll. And it's got to have all kinds of rules. And manage your mood, manage your mood. And I remind myself that I, who have a tendency to complicate things, and get caught up in the minutia of things, manage your mood. What does that mean? That means I get up and I meditate every single day. That means I need to stay in this conversation 20 times a day. So I've built my whole new work around having this conversation 10 or 20 times a day because that's what's required for me. You might be different. You might have a different kind of momentum and and ways that you hook in. But I've got to manage my mood. I've got to stay in this conversation. I have to find ways to continue to remind myself about the life I say I want. So that's my point. I mean, that's the most concise, compelling thing I've ever heard. Honestly, I mean, you and I both sit with a lot of people and they have a lot of words. A lot of words. Word salad. Word salad and 76% of them can be great. Yes. And you just get it. It's like, Where's your focus? What are you focused on? Your yeah. thoughts are becoming something right now. Where are you at? And it's like, yeah. it is the most simple, most difficult thing in the world. And so let's talk about that because I know you love it so much and you're such a black belt in it and you teach it. And we'll talk about that later, how you built the curriculum that you have. What does that mean on the practical, immediate level when you want to learn to manage your mood? Go. All right. So I'm going to tell you this twist and turns I've been experiencing lately. So 
I got a big hit in November. Somebody sent me a website, wasn't looking to move them. Oh, I'm supposed to move there. So what you see behind me, those are the Chattahoochee Hill Forests in Georgia. So maybe three weeks ago. So I'm still a little discombobulated, but I just moved to Georgia. Wasn't going to, didn't plan to. Like it was truly not on my bingo card. I lived in Napa Valley. So moved here and lots of twists and turns. I'm renting a house because I was going to build a house and a lot of twists and turns on that. But at a certain point, I got way over my skis. So I'm renting a house. I'm building a house. So I have land. I see something else that's going to be a better fit. I put an offer on that and I have to sell my Napa house. Now, I'm not a land baroness and I'm from the Midwest. So I... Anytime I'm exceeding the story of my people, I've got to really talk to myself about that. Now, it's like, I'd be like, remember what it looked like when you saw Oprah have all that stuff? She was fine. You know, I just don't come from people who are comfortable with Hmm. being land baronesses. So I have that pattern. So I can start to feel the anxiety. I can start to feel the anxiety. I can feel the anxiety coming. So an offer comes in on my Napa house and it's okay, you know, but I'm like, see, you didn't even expect to get your list price. And I'm just watching myself with great curiosity. You didn't expect to get it. All right. So what you're saying is if you get a hundred thousand dollars less than your list price, you'll be happy with that. And I said, I guess I am saying that. And I'm like, that's interesting. Well, look at this offer is a hundred thousand dollars less than your list price. And so, and they have some quibbles and some little things here and there. And on the fifth quibble, I'm now, I'm a little annoyed. And then it, but they're the offer. They came in first. They're the offer. Nobody else has offered anything. And so we close. I accept their counter, blah, blah, blah. I accept their offer with all their little contingencies. And they also want five days to think it over. But I can feel in myself a relief. I'm like, oh my gosh, because I'm not a land baroness and I got too many properties. I need to get this thing off my back. I need to shrink this down into more manageable, reasonable level of abundance, right? The next day, and I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. They cancel. Oh, there's some rickety rackety story about somebody's aunts lived in the shower in New York. You know, and now we got to go. And I'm like, sounds like a bit of a tale. Okay. So they cancel. So I'm talking to my realtor who I adore. And he goes, I got to tell you, the market's a little squirrely right now. And I'm like, all my fears, all my fears. Oh, I'm going to be poor. I've gone right to, I'm going to be poor with my pencil cup fitting somewhere. Like, oh my God, the market's squirrely. Like when I'm going to sell the market squirrely, I'm trying to manage it though. I manage it and going, look at that, Sherry. Look at all that Waukee Illinois stuff coming up. Whoa, you are a, like you are a born on the wrong side of the tracks girl. What's happening? I'm just noticing, just noticing. My realtor says, you know, but there is a lot of interest in the house. I'm like, well, there should be, you know, it's a little mini Shangri-La. And he said, there's a lot of interest. And he goes, in fact, I might have an offer tonight. I go, great. And I'm like, see, see, just manage your mood, manage your mood, manage your mood. 
days go by. Now it's two, now it's three, now it's four. We're going on to the fifth day. Oh, there's so much interest. Nothing. There's no text. There's no email. And now I'm just like this with my finger symbols. I'm just like, okay, here's what you know. You know that everything is glitter on your path. You know that. You've proven that to yourself so many times. This is glitter too. This is glitter too. Now, all of this reactive craziness that's coming up inside of you, those are echoes from old versions of yourself. Old versions of yourself. You come by it, honestly, those are just echoes. Those are, those are weird memories. Those are echoes of a vibration you no longer hold because you get up every day and you meditate and you manage your mood. You manage your story. You make sure that story is super clear. You manage your mood. I'm like, so I'm just, I'm coaching myself. I'm coaching myself. I'm reminding myself. I'm like, okay, forgive the echoes. I remember those times and I don't want to think about them so much anymore. Let me just focus, 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 focus. Day six, getting my pajamas on, getting Buzzy and Dolly, my English bulldogs ready for Betty's. Phone rings. It's Josh in California. It's like 920. He's like, well, we have an offer coming in. And I can feel like a balloon float. I go, really? And he goes, and it's a little bit better than, it's $25,000 more than the last one. I'm like, okay, all right. And even as I'm saying that, I'm like, let's get out of this scarcity mindset. Of course, you're going to have other offers. Of course, you want the right person. You want the right offer, of course. And I said, so, hey, is there anybody else who's interested before I sign this dotted line? And he goes, well, we showed it to somebody tonight. They liked it a lot. I'm like, here's what I want you to do. You call the first people. Now, this is a bit of a lie. I don't recommend it, but it's what I did. I said, tell them I'm in bed. I'm in my 60s. I live on the East Coast. I'm in bed. And you will present this offer to me in the morning. Meanwhile, call the other people and say, a really good offer's come in, but I'm going to present it to her in the morning. So if you have an offer, get it, bring it in. He goes, good plan. At noon the next day, in comes an offer that is $125,000 more than the first one with no contingencies, no nothing, and they want to close in eight days. And they're so happy. They love it. A vintner's buying it for his mother. She loves it. She loves the garden. She loves all the care and tenderness I put into it. And it's way more money than I thought I was ever going to get for that house. And I'm just like, yeah, we're just going to take that and move on down the road. And I got off and I'm just like, remember how this happened. I'm not just some lucky duck. I'm not. Listen, I've got all those old echoes. But it doesn't grow on trees. You got to work really, really hard. I got all that Midwest stuff. So I have to pay attention to it. I have to really watch it. I have to manage my mood. I have to remind myself what my story is, what the truth is. The truth is I can have this the way I want it to the level I can accept the abundance. And so, listen, I did not win the Mega Millions, but I'm on my way. I got a great offer. I mean, I literally welled up with tears because this is it. This is it. It doesn't matter 
what the cards are, it matters, then this, this is the black belt that everybody needs to earn in their life. This is the only one. This is the only belt. Because every human being, where you put your focus is how you're going to feel. And it's what it will be in your vibration. And that's for every human. And really, that story, I loved every single beat of that story. And so did everyone else because we've all lived that story. We know what that feels like when those ghosts come to call and you're about to get taken on the panic attack ride. And it is awesome. It's awesome that you are such a witness that you can recount it because while you're experiencing it, you have a part of you that is super conscious and awake to it. And then you can captain that ship and you can allow that stormy water to pass and you get yourself to the island. And it is awesome. And I cried also because I know a little bit more of the story of you. And I think it's Herculean for you to have expanded your cup to have allowed yourself to keep receiving when the story told you that you were, you were out of space. I was going to be in big trouble in a squirrely market is what, what the story, (laughs) that was the story is like, oh my God, of course I'm done. But, but you know, I'm going to tell you, Kathy, I cried. I got off that offer call and it was very brief. I'm like, yep, I'll take it. Send me. I got off. I put my head down on my kitchen table and I boo-hooed a little bit. And I was not crying because I was relieved that I had this great offer. I was crying because, see, see, Sherry, remember this, right? Remember this. The universe, you are being held. You are being breadcrumbed right to the next great thing and everything. And I'm like, oh my God, it's all glitter. Everything's glitter on the path. Even they cancel because so-and-so slipped in the shower. Glitter on the path. Glitter on the path. Without that, without that little bit of disruption, the big thing couldn't come through. You're always getting set up. I'm always getting set up. It's always glitter on the path, even when it looks like a box of rocks. It's glitter on the path. So what was it, I'm just curious, that called you to those trees in Georgia? It was the week after Thanksgiving. And you have this too. I have a general email box with my website. And so I, I love it. I'm, my, my team sorts through it and all, oh, here's your the professor who taught you philosophy in college. <laughs> here's this, here's that, which, which is super fun. But it usually gets started for me. But for some reason that day, I'm like, let me just click a on here. And there was a woman who does work with me in, in big groups. And she said, hey, you know, my life is so much better, you know, thanks to her own self, by the way. My life is so much better. She said, I'd really like to tell you, if you ever want to do a retreat, I moved to this amazing place. Um, you might want to check it out. And there was the website. I remember that day I was busy. You know, it was just Thanksgiving. I had all kinds of stuff to do. But I was like, hmm, let me just click on it. I click on it. The website comes up. And the first thing I think is, oh, 
I'm supposed to live there. I'm telling you, oh, I'm supposed to live there. And I'm like, am I? I mean, I wasn't thinking of moving. I mean, Napa Valley's pretty great. Really? And it's outside of Atlanta. I was not moving to Atlanta. You know, God bless Atlanta, but I wasn't like, ooh, let me move to Atlanta and ride in the humidity. It was a place that was founded on the concept that there's a better way to live just outside the city. And it's 70% green, it's 70% forest. All the building and construction is done with sacred geometry. And it is about community and connection. And I was like, I'm supposed to live there. So I made an appointment to come, came down for two days in January, walked it and went, yep, I'm supposed to live here. And that was that. But I have to tell you the plot thickened because I call my friend, influencer, many of you know her, Dr. Anna Kabeca, the girlfriend doctor. And because I know she's from Georgia and I say, hey, Anna, guess what? I'm moving to Georgia. And she goes, oh my gosh, where are you moving? I tell her, she goes, oh, that's the most amazing place. I go, it sure is. There is like a vortexural something. It's like I'm drawn to it like a moth to a flame. And she goes, you know, you could have a horse there. I go, yeah, yeah. You know, never had a horse. I mean, it goes on a pony when I was in eighth grade and it wasn't pleasant. Yeah, I could have a horse. And she goes, you should have our horse. I go, what? She goes, yeah. My daughter is a barrel racer. We have a retired horse. He needs to go somewhere. I will send me his picture. I go like this, put my phone up. She sends me his picture and I'm like crying my eyes out. And I go, okay. I haven't ridden a horse since a pony ride in eighth grade. And I am buying and adopting a horse for the rest of my life. Steve. Steve arrived yesterday. And love his name. I'm going to start crying in a second. He came out of the semi because he had a 36-hour drive. He came out of there as gentle and graceful and lovely. He's enormous. Big, huge, handsome boy. And he comes up and he puts his right cheek right next to him. And I'm like, you're here. You're here. And I have no fear. I mean, listen, he's 3,000 pounds, you know. He could break me like a stick. You're here. And, you know, I tucked him in last night. And then this morning he was in his pasture. I went, I took care of my English bulldogs and and raced over to the pasture to see him. And he came up again. And I'm like, this is something big's going on here. Something deep, something big. And I don't know because I'm from Waukegan, Illinois, buying a horse. At this time of my life, when I don't know anything about them, it's crazy talk. You know, listen, I've had some reactions like, what are you doing? That sounds like a midlife crisis. But it's not. It's this whole expansive thing that I get to have a relationship with this sentient being. He's arrived as a shaman at my door. And he showed up as miraculously as I'm sitting right here. 20 minutes from the Atlanta airport. And what the glitter that's going to be on my path because of him, I can't even imagine. I don't know. I'm obsessed with the story. And I just want to put this in perspective for everybody because it's so beautiful. I think a lot of people are having the reaction I'm having. 
But what I hear is this. I see you, this very sweet, very responsible, very empathetic kid from the Midwest who is so good at being so good to everybody and spent decades of your life over-functioning and taking care of the most important people. Those of you who know, Sherry was executive producer of Oprah, worked that show, landed a 747 in a tornado three times a day, and then went on to build the network and everything else. And it was almost like there was a level at which you were willing to receive something as long as you overgave by one million percent. And now is like the time of your life where you have allowed yourself to drink water and breathe air. And it's like, I see this little girl who's like, I get to have a horse. I get to have a friend. And I don't have to be completely depleted and do one person doing the job of 1,000 people in order to justify my existence. It's like... I don't have to perform for joy. Right. And that's why I am so deeply in love with you, in love with the story, in love with this chapter, in love with this, like, yes, Sherry. Like, it is time for you to get to breathe and feel the wind in your hair. And you know, I said to Sherry a few years ago, because her book tour kind of got canceled because of COVID. And I'm like, I get that you created the space and facilitated the space for the most impressive minds of our time. But you, you have so much wisdom. You have a seat at the table and it is actually a crowning jewel. And it has been so cool to see you step into that and and take people with you. And what I love about you is Look what you're doing right now. I mean, this is very Esther Hicks of you. You're telling us specific stories from your life and everyone's glued. We're at the edge of our seat because they're laden with the most important tools and messages. And you're just such a natural gifted teacher and leader and um, shower, way shower. You're one of the biggest cooperative components for the fact that I'm even sitting here telling you this story because like a dog with a bone, you would not let me escape. A destiny. I'm like, no, 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 I don't think so. I like to be behind the scenes. You're like, can we have a call? <laughs> and I finally, you know, I understand. I understand cooperative components. And I understand. And I understood then, too, that there are mystical threads. And the universe is trying to get that glitter on our path, get those breadcrumbs down all the time in various ways. And when I find them like, Kathy Heller is your cooperative component. So you're like, what am I going to do? What do I want to do? Kathy Heller is your cooperative component. And I think about that a lot, Kath, because I know you've been a cooperative component for, for thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of people, millions. And I say this, let me honor that gift by being a cooperative component myself as many ways as I can, because it changed everything. I could just I love my perspective. I'm like, well, maybe I will. 
Maybe I will. Maybe I'll tell you some of my tales. Maybe I'll tell you some tales. Spin you a few yarns. Um, I love you so much. You're so easy to love. And you, you've been that for me. And it's funny because uh, my, my little avatar ego is even more stubborn than yours. I mean, I met you and you've been such a way shower for me. You've been like, Hey, Kat, I've sat in the room with a lot of people, you know, a lot of people and I see it and you. Why don't you go ahead and go? And it's like, mm. so it's all kinds of fascinating over here. It's all kinds of fascinating over here. I adore you. And you started teaching. You do teach. You share. It's a come with me on this journey. It's so deep. I love how fulfilling it is for you. What's been the biggest thing that you've noticed that your girls, the women who come through your programs, what is that biggest piece of resistance you notice they have? Yeah. And what is it that you find is the moment where they choose out of it? What happens? Yeah. Well, yeah. I share the same things. So it's generally women. It's about a three generation gap from you're still alive to maybe you're in your forties where you were raised with certain patterns. Yeah. And that is their patterns of scarcity, their patterns of don't rock the boat, their patterns of codependency, patterns of not being able to set boundaries. Oh. Or, and then we were raised, so we were raised by mothers who were raised by mothers who were raised by mothers, and nobody's to blame. Nobody's to blame. It was of the time that that's all people knew. It's expanded as things were. And so you're raised by people who had no training. They were raised by people who had no training. And now all of a sudden we're sitting right here, sitting on the leading edge of human experience. There's never been a better time to be alive than right now. We are shifting the paradigm even as we get to live it. And we're doing it with no real models in front of us, no real models in front of us for what does that look like? When you think you can have the life that you want and you can magnetize it right to you. What, what is that? What does that look like? How do you do it? So I've got all those patterns. So I'm like, Hey, come with all your patterns and let's take a look at those and be conscious of it. And then part two of that is what I've come to see. And this is watching every expert, every bibbity bobbity boo hearing every story is everything's a love problem. There isn't a problem you have that's not a love problem and only you can solve it. Everything's a love problem. So when you begin to take your life in your hands, and even if you don't feel that mad love for yourself, you start to do practices that help you soften the ground so you can find a piece of tenderness, you can find a bit of compassion, you can find some understanding of why you behave the way you do and why you make the choices you do. And once you get a little bit of that, you want more. Then you want more. And pretty soon you're like, I really like myself. And you know what? I'm not going to be a match to that and that and that and that anymore. And you know what? I'm not going to serve from an empty cup anymore. And I'm not going to run around trying to make everybody happy so nobody gets mad at me. Mad at me. If I care. You know, that's you. That's your business. That's not mine. And I'm going to tend to my own garden. So that's kind of what starts to happen. It's just like, you're just sick of it, Kath. You're just sick of it. 
You're just sick of living your life. So other people are pleased by you and you don't piss anybody off. Oh my gosh. Don't I feel like rolling. what you just said felt like the end of the Disney light parade. I've ne- <laughs> never heard that before, that it's a love problem. And in about six sentences, what you just did is brought us all back to our sacred authority. It was like, hey, remember this part of you where you were inside of your agency when you actually are coherent with self? Remember that? You've lost that. You're in a story. You're in a matrix. Every single thing you're doing is codependent on some level. You're trying to earn it. You're controlling all the ways that everyone's barometers are okay. It's like, whoa, that is exhausting. And you are correct. That is definitely the epidemic that gets passed down from the generations of women. And and it's so awesome. It's so awesome to see you with those trees, building that house with that horse, because that is the new paradigm called self-directed, self-determined love of all things. And it's the great yeah. surrender, right? And it's not something that we've seen. And it's such divinely guided, such deeply feminine, beautiful work. And I understand this too. I don't totally know how to do this. So I'm very gentle with myself. Everything's a practice. I just practice and I practice and I practice again. Something comes up and I'm like, I need to do some practicing right now. You know, it's always a practice. I'm always in practice, repatterning, wondering, like, I want to know myself intimately. Why am I reacting like that? What's, what's going on with me? Which is very different from you know, what, where I spent most of my life in the pursuit of achievement to discover my worthiness, oh. only to find out that I'm at the top of the mountain and, oh, there isn't a big worthiness present wrapped up with a bow, you know, or, and living the rest of my life fairly unconsciously. So that's what we're, we're managing our mood. We're bringing consciousness to our daily lives. We're delighted to know ourselves more intimately. We stop criticizing ourselves so harshly. We find some tenderness. We understand that it's a love problem. And we say, all right, I'm into this. I'm going to solve this love problem. And I'm just going to do it in little ways. About 20 times a day, I'm just going to little way, little ways, little ways. And at the end of the day, I'm going to be like, wow, that felt really good. That felt really good. I feel like a well-tended to beloved beat. It's so striking when you say that you were on this achievement journey only to find out that when you reach the top in the world of television that you were in, that's the lane you chose, you got the Olympic medal and then you got it again and then you got it again and there was no worthiness gift, right? It just didn't come. You just waited, never came to the mailbox. That is a brutal place to be and to have actually gone there and to come out where you are now yeah that's like superhuman and then to hear you say that you you have these moments and sometimes days where you are a well tended to garden that is it that is all we're chasing like not everybody has to you don't have to go to that top of the mountain achievement thing i was just very stubborn i really really would not claim my worthiness i just wouldn't not until I do this, not until I do that, not until I get here, not until I get there. And 
it is the opposite of what is true, which is you're worthy because you're sitting here. You're worthy. You're here. You're worthy. You're worthy. And you know who knows that? Like the little new spirits coming onto the planet. They know they're worthy. They are not going to put up with your codependent, boundaryless ways. They're just not gonna. It's going to be like, ew, I'm not doing that. And you see that all the time. You know, when I'm talking to women in their 20s and they're like, oh my God, I'm so stressed. And I'm like, well, you got to take care of yourself. Oh, I wouldn't miss my weekly massage. Yeah. I'm like, that's different. Different. Do you think there's a way to have a yes and like, you know, you had this journey and now it feels like there's something so delicious about what you're actually tending to. And yet in the list of humans, whether it's all your friends, right? All the people, whether it's Martha Beck or Deepak or I'm watching Taylor Swift as she sweeps the world right now. And I'm thinking, same. she seems as though she's having fun. Like she looks, at least she looks as though she's not in the race, but she's more like, let me throw the confetti for us all right now and let's laugh about it. People have, I guess, her up. They've hurt her feelings. They've said terrible things about her. They've minimalized her. They've made fun of her. You know, they're like, you know, you're just like little girl pop stuff. And you watch that rolling in. What did they say? $55 million in bonuses. I see that, Carrie. And also, like, it takes like 100,000 semi-trucks to put on her show. Listen, there is a woman knows her value and it's not shaping her life by the opinions of others. And I say, I want some of that too. Yeah, I think that that's so important because, and I think you're doing it. I think we're doing it step by step in our own ways. But I I think that there can be a, a lesson that's taken away, which is, well, if you wind up being as much of an achiever as you were, as Oprah is, as all of that, then you run the risk of costing yourself everything else. And is it possible that we could, yeah, like Abraham X say, reporting for duty, where would you have me go? What would you have me say? And I'm not going to do that one little thing where I make my well-being anyone else's to hold on to. And therefore, I can be in this, right? I don't know. I mean, it's a big test. It's a much bigger test than others. I will, I will say this one other thing, and this is not a popular opinion, but it's mine. And I keep shaking it like a snow globe to see if it's still true, if it's still true. <laughs> and it's still true. So I've got a million regrets. I, I don't believe it. I want to get into the real truth, the authentic truth of the choices I've made. So yeah, it stings. It stings sometimes when I'm like, I gut myself a little bit if I belabor it, but it's like, I've got a million regrets. Oh, I could have made this road so much easier and maybe I'd still be sitting here and I'd just be like, oh, it's been easy for me since I was 26. I'm not going to spin the yarn that everything had to be so freaking impossible and painful and hard and sacrificing. I think that's just all I knew how to do from my training, even though front row seat to the thought leaders of the world. And I'm taking notes. And as it turns out, that was just softening me. It was getting me ready. It was getting me ready. So when I was really ready to make the shift and understand 
That's how much it took. That's how much it took. So would I go back and do things differently? I would. Don't want to, but I would. I would do things very differently. Did you feel like the people around you were enjoying their ride? Do you feel like Oprah was enjoying the ride while she was in it, in the thick of it? Here's what I'm going to say. Good days, bad days is what it looked like to me because it was a lot. It was a rocket ride and it was going by really fast and there was lots of momentum and lots of changing. But even so, I was like, this is the ride. This is the ride of my life for sure. But would I have done that ride differently knowing what I know now, you know, with practicing and no codependency and like really coming from an authentic, truthful place instead of trying to keep, you know, every single person that I ever met happy, it would have been really different. It would have been more joyful. Let me ask you this. I've never asked you this before. If you had to just download stream of consciousness, the answer to these two questions, I'm just curious what would come up because it's, it is so significant, right? That you're path, cross path with Haley's Comet. It it is a singular once in a generation, never going to happen again, never happened before. So to minimize that would be weird. I mean, it's just, it's so singular. And I'm curious if you just downloaded stream of consciousness Mm -hmm. and you ask the part of you that always knows what it knows, what do you think you taught her and what do you think she taught you? Gosh, that, that's a good question, Kathy. Well, first of all, I'm going to tell you, I would not presume to figure out what I think I taught her. I will say that there was a lot of fun, that I, I had a lot of fun around her. And I think she had a lot of fun around me. We had a lot of fun. We had a lot of laughs, a lot of laughs. What she taught me was deep, deep love of the people she served, a deep love of them. And it was front and foremost all the time. So there was that going on. And it was always like, it never was, you know, every now and then the rest, oh, the viewers, oh, they're complaining about that or they didn't like this show or she had a deep, deep love for that. Also too, that she was really committed to her own spiritual expansion. And I was curious. So I got to sit at her feet while she taught from Seed of the Soul or taught from A New Earth, Eckhart Tolle. I mean, I was sitting on on the carpet with my notebook while she taught her understanding of those works. And it was just, you know, for... Walking in Illinois, raised Catholic, just kind of being like, do those priests know everything? I don't know about that. And, you know, like really interested in having a path and really interested, like understanding the real game here was expanding my spirit, but I wasn't exactly sure how and what those practices would look like. And there was a whole unfolding going on with that, but I saw her doing that. And I want, I was like, I want to be like that. First of all, that was gorgeous. What I want to make note of is what is so phenomenal, what is so impressive, what is the only impressive thing that impressed someone of her capacity was your humility. And when someone is truly a person who's humble and loving, 
there is so much that we teach from that place. And that is all anyone actually really needs. And that is what you just described. The willingness to be in wonder and also the willingness to say, I'm reporting for duty, however I can help. It is not typical. Well, listen, I got an entry-level position there when I was 35. So I'd already had about 15 jobs. And I was starting to think I was never going to find my path. And once I was inside there, grateful, more appreciative than I've ever been for anything to have that opportunity, I could see this. I had enough maturity and enough world experience to know that my soul put me in that seat and that this was a calling on my life too. And the mystical path that got me there, oh my gosh, it's so crazy. But that put me in that chair that you are here once in a lifetime. There will be a handful of people who get to go on this rocket ride and see this world and have this experience and you get to be one of them that was it was like winning the lottery and being like this is the most special thing that could possibly ever happen to me now that has not turned out to be the case because as i'm telling you i've never been happier than i am right now but that was the setup and that's what i'm sharing with all of you whatever's going on in your life right now is the setup. Even a 20-year career with Oprah was the setup. It's not (laughs) the thing. It was the setup. But it's not the thing. You're always being set up for expansion. Yeah. Always. Right. Well, as Esther Hicks says, we didn't come for a pile of things. We came for a more expanded vibration. And so, yes, Yes, you had a very big Christmas gift. It was a big pile. It was the pile. It was everything that could ever be in the pile. And what it led you to was the real gift, which was opening up your soul. That's it. And more. And yeah, and more. And, and just like Kathy, with all your great success, it's just the setup, my friend. It's just the setup. You know, the beautiful nose that came your way that led you to this, just the setup. It's all glitter on the path. So Sherry has a book called The Beautiful No, and it's so good. And it's so much of what she's talking about where things seem like closed doors. And thank God, because they're the ones that open the the other doors, the doors that you didn't know you needed that are the best doors. And um, we'll put a link to that book so you guys can go buy it. It's a book you should have. It's one of those books you should read. It's one of those books that you should give to someone else as well. What is the thing that you wanted to say in that book about the no? I wanted to say, well, I'm saying it different now because there's only one eternal truth. It's all glitter on the path. Every no is a beautiful no. You're getting set up all the time. We get to be human and go boo-hoo-hoo for a day when the offer is canceled because someone slipped in the tub. And then the next day, it's like, I'm being set up. Let's see where this goes. And and then as each day goes by, I'm getting set up. Let's see where this goes. And then when the setup is revealed and the thing, the next thing is revealed, you just go, 
let me just live in the energy of appreciation. Let me stand up and let me give the universe a standing ovation at the top of my lungs and say, what? You're amazing. What else? What's next? I can't wait. Let me get my popcorn and see what's next. It's amazing. I'm sure you know her, Dr. Lisa Miller. Do you know Dr. Lisa? From your work? Somebody just brought Dr. Lisa Miller to me. She's so fantastic. She's a professor at Columbia, but she's been doing research on what happens to the brain when we believe in a higher power and higher consciousness. And it's so cool. All the things that she wrote a book called The Spiritual Child and The Awakened Brain. And it's just amazing. Her 101 peer-reviewed scientific studies that show our biological upgrade when we connect to the divine. And she says, you know how you know there's a divine? You know how there, there's a path? Because there have been times when you wanted this red door to open so bad and you did everything and it didn't open. And then there was a trail angel who was like a grocery clerk or like your friend or grandparent said something to you. And all of a sudden this yellow door opens and you're not interested. But for some reason, something they said, you go through the yellow door and then you are two feet in the yellow door and everything in you says, boy, this is everything and more that I wanted. I'm so glad that door didn't open. And she said, now tell me this, how much of the best things in your life were yellow doors? And the answer is everything. And the answer is there's a river called life river and you're on it. Your only job is to swim with the stream. Find that stream. Why are you making this so hard? Why are you so insistent? But that surrender experiment, whoo, that's so hard. That is I know, so until you really practice doing it and start seeing the goods. You start, the, the proof just starts plopping right on your head. And then you go, I'm not going to say it's hard anymore. I'm just going to be like, so I got to practice though. I got to practice though, because I've practiced something else for decades. So I got to keep practicing. Surrender, 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 surrender. It's all good. It's all okay. It's all good. It's all okay. Me. How many of you are sitting here right now just feeling this is everything that you needed and more? So Sherry has all kinds of beautiful ways that you can hang out with her. She has a beautiful cohort of women that come together and she shows up live and pours into them. When does the next one start? First of all, I feel the same because this is the only conversation I want to have. So I feel the same. My feet are going to be wings for the rest of the day and it helps me manage my mood, of course. My website, sherrysalata.com. You can find out all the, the things I do. I just launched a cohort. And then I have my private membership group, the support system, where I meditate live with everybody almost every single day of the month. That's so good, Sherry. I've come to see. I got to show you. I got to show you. Everybody can. Everybody can. What manifestation of meditation do you do? I do a Vedic tradition. So it is TM-like. It's a mantra-based meditation. It's 20 minutes. And and again, let me say this. I do it. I'm talking to myself. Of course. All the time. I'm talking to myself. I show up for that because I need it. I create my programs because I need them. And my offering is, hey, if that feels good for you, come along. My feet are on the path of transformation. My job is to keep them on there moving forward at whatever pace I can maintain. And some days I'm like just jogging in place going, okay, all right, this is a day. This is a bit of a day. I'm going to let these emotions move through me. 
And then tomorrow, I know I will wake up with a fresh, clean slate and I'll remember all the things that are working and that everything's glitter on my path. Everyone who's here right now loves you because you are so lovable and you're so vulnerable. And that's so unique. We're going to give links to all the things and uh, we're going to let you go back. But I'm going to just say thank you. I see you, Kat. I I love you. you I'm totally filled up like a helium balloon that can't take any more because it's it's lifted. Thank you all. Thank you all so much for sharing your energy and joining me in this conversation because it's a healing. It's really great medicine. Bye, everybody. I'll see you down the road. Yeah, you will. How awesome was that conversation with Sherry? Oh my gosh. All right, here are the takeaways. Number one, the secret to happiness is in three words, manage your mood. Number two, everything is glitter on your path. Number three, all the reactiveness and craziness is just an echo of old versions of you. Those are the echoes of a vibration that you no longer hold because you get up every day, you meditate, and you manage your mood. You manage your story and you make sure that story is super clear. Number four, you are always being held by the universe. You are being breadcrumbed right to the next great thing. Number five, everything is a love problem and only you can solve it. Start the practices that help you soften the ground so you can find a piece of tenderness, compassion, and understanding. Number six, you're worthy because you're sitting here. Number seven, whatever's going on in your life right now is the setup. Even a 20-year career with Oprah is just the setup. It's not the thing. You're always being set up for expansion. Number eight, your feet are on the path of transformation. Your job is to keep them there, moving forward at whatever pace you can maintain. Number nine, when the next thing is revealed, just live in the energy of appreciation. Stand up, give the universe a standing ovation, and say at the top of your lungs, you are amazing. What else? I can't wait. Let me get the popcorn and see what's next. Thank you so much for listening. I hope that this is giving you such healing and such inspiration. I am in awe of this community. I hope that you know how much I appreciate and see you. We have so many good episodes coming up. So please subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, wherever you're listening. And if you enjoyed this, think of one person who would find this valuable and text them the link right now or post about it on your Instagram. And finally, two ways that we can hang out. Number one, the Lux Retreat at my house in November. Go to kathyheller.com slash Lux. And number two, this incredible membership where you can be a part of an amazing sisterhood of women who can be their true selves together and not some character we think we have to play who's hiding behind some version of ourselves that we think people expect, but instead to share what's really going on, to get that real support, to really be celebrated and to collaborate, to meditate together and to have this coaching ongoing of calibrating our vibration and manifesting the next great adventure. You can go to kathyheller.com slash quilt to join us. If you enroll by Wednesday, you waive the initiation fee. Alumni, you should reach out and DM to make sure that you have your discount code. I cannot wait for that community to begin. I'll leave you with a song of mine and I'll talk to you soon.